Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Ulysses and Abraham, who live in Ogden, Utah. Hello to Zofia and Soleil. Hello to Tammy Goldstein. And hello to Layla and her sister Luna, who are getting ready for a big move. I'd like to say happy belated birthday to Joya who had a birthday on February 14th. Happy belated birthday to Matilda from Toronto, who turned one on February 14th. And a happy belated birthday to her big brother, Murray, who turned five on February 18th. Happy belated birthday to Rishank, who turned 10 on February 16th. Happy belated birthday to Talia, who turned five on February 19th. Happy birthday to Abriel, who's turning 10 on February 20th. Happy birthday to Chloe, who is turning four on February 21st. Happy birthday to Rita from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, who is turning five on February 20th. Happy birthday to Tessa, who is turning seven on February 20th. Happy birthday to Louisa from Seattle, who is turning five on February 23rd. Happy birthday to Leo from San Rafael, California, who is turning seven on February 24th. Happy birthday to Tegan Carter, who is turning eight on February 25th. Happy birthday to Zoe from Taiwan, who has a birthday on the 25th of February. Your parents love you very much. Happy birthday to Luna from the Sunshine Coast in Australia, who is turning five on February 26th. Happy birthday to Nora from Wellington, New Zealand, who is turning six on February 26th. Happy birthday to Arlo from North Vancouver, who is turning six on February 26th. Happy birthday to Maddie, who is turning nine on February 26th. And happy birthday to Layla in the Netherlands, who is turning nine on February 26th. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. Shoutouts and birthday wishes are one way we give thanks to our supporters. If you would like to support us and receive more bedtime entertainment like this, all ad-free, please visit our support page at sleeptightstories.org support. Thank you. Esther is feeling quite restless and wishes she could just take time off school to sit and read her book. She's feeling tired after a night of restless sleep, and it seems her mother and brother are also. After they finish a quick dinner and homework, everyone is anxious to hear the next part of the story. Esther starts to read. What will happen this time? The Magical Book of Dreams, Part 7
Though Esther was tired, she still walked home from school with a spring in her step. She was finding it increasingly difficult to settle her mind at night, with the book lying beside her bed, making it difficult to fall asleep. The book contained many stories of the world beyond Shirewood, with so much to discover. There was also the possibility that somewhere within the book, there would be an indication of what happened to her father so many years ago when he left to explore the unknown realm. Why couldn't she just take a month off from school and read the whole book? Esther knew that that idea would not be accepted by anyone, especially her mother. As she approached their small house at the edge of town, she saw her little brother outside with her mother. He rarely got home before her, as he would almost always stop at the store with his friends to eat dragon candy. Esther walked through the front gate and said, Hey, Squirt, what are you doing home so early? The store run out of dragon candy? Her brother stuck his tongue out at her as he carried a basket of clothes into the house. I think he is looking forward to hearing another page from the book, so he raced home to help me with chores so that we might have more time, Esther's mother said. You're looking tired, Esther. Maybe a bit. The endless talk lately about plant life makes me tired. I doubt it had anything to do with that. The imagery from the book kept everyone's mind active last night. I could hear your brother fidgeting about in bed for far longer than normal. Help me with dinner, and we will have more time to hear another story, if your little brother can finish his homework. Esther helped her mother with dinner and the cleanup afterwards, while her little brother worked through a math problem. Hey, Esther, her brother called. If I have seven pieces of dragon candy, and I give two to you, and then mother gives me three more, how many dragon candies do I have now? Not enough for your appetite, you squirt. After Esther washed up, she grabbed the book from her bag and sat at the table to read aloud. Her brother fidgeted in his chair, and even her mother seemed excited. Shall I start from where I left off last time? Esther asked. Yes. I know I said we should discuss what we read, but let's continue for a while first, her mother replied. Is that okay with you, Squirt? Esther asked. Her little brother nodded his head in agreement. Esther opened the book to where they had left off, carefully turned the page, and started. We slept well that night in the clearing, far better than the inns we had stayed in during our travels to date. It could be the fresh air, the sweet smell of the flowers, 
or perhaps sleeping on a bed of branches that was far more comfortable than the lumpy beds we had before. Selena wanted to continue through the day at a slightly faster pace to make the river crossing to the town of Knott's by daylight the following day. I was feeling well. The stomach pain I experienced before, a distant memory. And the sleep gave me the energy to keep up with her. She did check in with me every hour or so. There is always a tendency for the young to think that once you become a certain age, you are no longer capable. I was determined to show that these conclusions were foolish. As we walked through the dense forest on the path, we chatted about the things we saw. The glowing flowers and mushrooms, the fairies that flew quickly around the trees, and how it was possible that the stream we stopped at managed to flow uphill. We concluded it must have been an illusion, but I suspected the forest had more magic than we thought. We continued walking until nightfall and camped underneath a large, leafy tree. I was disappointed that the skies had clouded over somewhat, hiding the brilliant blanket of stars. Still, I was happy that we had traveled so quickly. I was anxious to hear how Avara was doing. The following day, after a cup of hot tea, we brushed ourselves off and quickly went on our way. As we pushed our way through the dense foliage of the mystical forest, I could feel the weight of the thick canopy lifting from my shoulders. The trees gradually thinned out until we emerged into a clearing at the forest's edge. Before us lay a wide and winding river, its surface glittering in the golden light of the morning sun. On the opposite bank, was the town of Knott's, shrouded in mist and barely visible at this distance. A sturdy wooden dock jutted out into the river at the water's edge, where a small ferry boat was tethered. The boat looked quite old and was made entirely of wood, with a broad, flat bottom and a pointed bow. It didn't instill confidence. Do you think it can make it across the river? I asked Selena. Can you swim? She laughed in reply. We walked toward the dock to where the gnome, who piloted the boat, dressed in a long brown cloak, was patiently waiting for any passengers who might need to cross the river. She held a long wooden pole in her hand and her eyes followed us as we approached the dock. The sound of the water lapping against the boat was soothing, and the gentle breeze carried the faint scent of fresh water and wildflowers from the forest downstream. The pilot greeted us warmly, and as we stepped aboard the boat, I felt its sturdy planks creak beneath my feet. Selena and I shared a look, 
and she made a gesture of swimming in the water. I grew up by the sea, so I wasn't concerned, but some passengers did not look as capable. With a gentle push from the pilot's pole, we set off from the dock, and the ferry began to move slowly and smoothly across the river. As we crossed the water, the scenery around us changed. The mystical forest no longer loomed as large as the town on the other bank drew nearer. The pilot told us tales of the river and the many mystical creatures that called it home, creatures I had not heard of until now. Eventually, we reached the other side and stepped back onto solid ground, feeling refreshed and renewed by our brief journey across the river. Any idea where we will find Arava? I asked Selena. Well, it's morning, so I suspect she will be near the market getting something to eat. And with her size, she shouldn't be difficult to spot once we get there. We walked along the winding stone streets of the city, away from the dock, past a mix of homes, shops, and workshops, some with thatched roofs and half-timbered structures. The smell of cooking fires, freshly baked goods, and brewing ale filled the air. The noise in the distance, which must have been the market, was our compass. Eventually, we arrived at the market, a hub of activity, with people bartering, trading, and gossiping. In the center of it all was Erava, who stood out amongst the crowd with her height and obvious strength. Erava, I called out. She turned and waved and walked quickly towards us. After giving us a hug, she gestured towards a shop just off the market where we could sit, eat, drink, and catch up. You made it, old man. I was worried you might not feel up to the walk. And Selena, you look well. Who's old? I replied, tired of the generalization. Over the next hour, we drank tea, ate some baked goods Erava had purchased in the market, and talked. The zesty fried loaves of bread with sprinkles of dragon candy were an interesting treat. When shall we continue on our way to the unknown realm? I asked Erava. I'm not going, she replied, at least not yet. I'm needed here. I hadn't been here more than a day and found a job as a healer. The children here have been sick far more often than normal, and the other healers need help making the children feel comfortable. What has been making the children sick? Selena asked. I think it's just a seasonal virus, which has been made worse by the rapid change of temperature this cycle. You might have noticed the mist surrounding the town when you crossed the river. I was told it's uncommon for this part of the cycle, Erava replied. I can stay a while and help if needed, 
I've been thinking a lot during our walk, Gimble, and thank you for not pressing me into conversation. I would like to stay someplace for a time, and this town is as good as any. I'm not much of a healer, I'm afraid, I said. Don't worry, Arava said. It's not that serious. They are just short a healer or two, and I am always looking for new experiences. You should continue traveling. Let me tell you about a place I heard about last night while enjoying dinner at the inn. If you decide to visit and stay, I might meet you there in a month or so. What is this place? I ask, intrigued. About a three-day journey from here, in the middle of a white forest, lies a town unlike any other. The town is called Elder Tree, named after the ancient tree at its center, towering over the surrounding buildings. It is said that the tree is over a thousand cycles old and has magical powers that protect the town and its inhabitants. Protect the town from what? There hasn't been any conflict in the kingdom in many generations, I said. I suspect the tree is old enough to be from a time when the kingdom was not as it is now, Erva replied. Now, in Elder Tree, the buildings are made of shimmering crystal and stone. The streets are paved with glittering stones, and the air is filled with the sweet scent of wildflowers. The people there are known for their kindness and hospitality, always welcoming visitors. One of the features of Elder Tree is the marketplace, where vendors sell everything from enchanted trinkets to rare herbs and spices. The market is alive with color and sound, with street performers and musicians entertaining the crowds. Now, this is not unlike any other town along the river. What sets this town apart is that it also has a library that is said to contain books with knowledge that cannot be found anywhere else in the kingdom. The library is guarded by dragons, but those who prove themselves worthy are granted access to its vast collection. Elder Tree is also home to a group of powerful mages and healers who used their skills to protect the town from harm, but now work together to create spells that can heal the sick and even change the weather. They say that some residents have lived for hundreds of years. The library sounds fascinating, as do all the legends surrounding the town, I said. If you decide to go, I have a map back at the inn to help you find your way. The candle on the table started to go out, which prompted Esther's mother to say, I think we should stop there. Dragon candy on baked goods? Can you make that, mother? It sounds delicious, Esther's brother said. Is dragon candy all you can remember from that story? You really are a squirt. Time for bed, you two. And this time, go to sleep quickly, 
or there will be no more reading tomorrow night. Esther's mother gave her and her brother a hug and a kiss and sent them off to their rooms to sleep. Sleep well, Mom, they both said in almost unison. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs>